first of all, welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif. Man, we back with another amazing episode. Uh, today, I have former first rounder, uh, author, a motivational speaker. Um, this brother is an inspiration, man. I feel a lot of you guys to check this brother out, man. See what he got going on. And I'm talking about the one, the only, Alex Molden, man. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Malak, man? It's great to, to finally uh, meet you. I know we've been emailing, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's, finally to, it's finally cool to, to see you in person, my man. Nah, no doubt. No doubt, brother. I mean, like I said, I've been I've been I, I've been a fan of yours, man, for 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 years, man. What I mean, I've been a fan like you came when you was playing college football. I was in high school. So and I played the so same you position. So I, what's that? So you old. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I, I molded my game after yours when I was in high school, man. I remember my coach used to show us clips of you when you was at Oregon, because when you came out, I was a junior uh, in high school. So, okay. you know, what I'm saying I, re- I remember those days, man. I remember you busting it up in the pack ten, man. Those were some good times. So, it's an honor wow. to be able to talk to you, man, and chop it up with your brother. That is so cool, man. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. You no know doubt. what? No the, the crazy thing is, it's like, you know, we get in. I'm always looking to be inspired. Like right. I, I used to watch Todd Light. I used to watch Deion Sanders when they were no in college, dang. and I yeah. was in high school. And so I used to watch them and try to mimic my game. I used to try to steal things from them and try to implement it in my game. Right. The funny thing is, is I still do it to this day. It's no not doubt. all about football. But it's about the other things that I'm passionate about, you know? Okay. No doubt. And we about to talk about all these things, man. Like I said, I know your time is precious, man. So I'm going to try to condense this interview with as much, you know, uh, solid information as possible, man. You got to, like I said, man, you got you got an amazing story, man. So let's start from the beginning, man. Let's start from the beginning. You're originally from Colorado Springs, if, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So let's talk about that, man. When I think of Colorado Springs, I think of the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. So so you're an Army brat. I'm an Army brat, yes, sir. Okay, so talk about that, man. What was it like, man, growing up and, you know, being being an Army brat, uh, having a father that was a, a drill sergeant, you know, from my research. So talk about that a little bit, man. Man, it was one of those things that, you know, when you're around something like that, you're growing up with it, and it's just part of your DNA. And I didn't really understand like the discipline that, you know, being the son of a drill sergeant and what it meant to like every day making up my bed, making sure when I'm, you know, talking with people, I'm looking them in their eyes. I'm saying, yes, ma'am. I'm saying, yes, sir. So that was an everyday thing because I saw it from my dad. Right. Right. And, And what he instilled in us. And it's one of the reasons why I'm talking to you today is that discipline no doubt. and so i took that same discipline that was you know it was every day it was, it was different you know i was scared of my right. dad you know i was scared of my dad but um but the discipline that he kind of instilled in us i took that same discipline and i applied it to sports you know so it was one of those things that man it was a it was a blessing to have that discipline because when I was trying to get somewhere, I had the blueprint. You know gotcha. what I'm saying? Like I, I knew it was gonna take discipline. And I wasn't afraid of it. I, I know what discipline looks, smells like, and and everything else. 
no doubt. Now I was in a, I was in the military myself. I ended up going into the army um, after uh, you know a couple of years of college. But, Thank you for uh, your service. No, no, I appreciate that. I could definitely relate to the the discipline aspect because growing up, there were certain things in my life that I could look back and I'm and and I think as I reflect, I could I I really value the discipline that I I learned uh, when I was in the military. So when hearing you say that, it really resonates with me. You know, gotcha. I, I can relate. Yeah, man. This uh. It's one of those deals, man. It's um, it's powerful, and when you when you look at it, at the foundational principle of it, man. Right. When you want to have success, sometimes it doesn't. You don't want to go out. You want you don't want to go out there and go run. Right. You know, five miles. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do wind sprints. You don't want to lift yeah. heavy weights and, and whatnot. Right. But I understood like the discipline that it takes, and for most people, they get stuck in their emotions. Right. How they feel. Right. And and how you feel from day to day, it can stop you from mm. reaching where you want to go. You know, so um, I'm, I'm very thankful that my dad instilled that in, in me or instilled that in us, me and my twin right. brother. Right. Right. You have a, a fraternal twin brother. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 dope, man. I don't, I don't know that many fraternal uh, twins, um, but I know that had to be kind of cool, man. Just, you know, at least you having a at least having you know somebody you're not by yourself you know what i'm saying he was even, though, he don't, even though he's a twin he don't look exactly like you oh yeah man if you walk in the room man you wouldn't and that man ain't no way that's your brother but <laughs> it, it's it's having a built-in best friend you know what i'm no. saying like we like some of the some of the same things right. listen to the same music now he has some different interests than me in terms of like art that was his right. deal he was a, a like an engineering type of background type of mindset when mine was, it was all about like sports, you know? And um, yeah, so it, it's pretty cool to see like his route, even though we came from, you know, the same place, but to right. see his his route and what he wanted to do and the discipline it took for that. And then my route and the okay. discipline it took for, you know, for that as well. Okay. Now, as I, as I was doing, you know, my, my research, man, with you, man, like I said, you have an amazing story, man. Yeah, you know, I, I remember you mentioning, man, that your, your dad was tough, man. He was really tough. Yeah. And, um, you know, it wasn't the easiest childhood, you know, as far as, you know, your your, your upbringing. Um, you know, I know being in the military, he definitely provided, you know, for you for you guys, man. But um, he could also be abusive at times. So if you could, if you don't mind elaborating, sharing that, you know, what was that like? And um, how did that, how did that, impact you as a as a as a young man because again we appreciate uh his services and we appreciate everybody's services but i you know i'm, I'm interested and i think the people are interested in how that impacts you yeah that's a great question man and so you have to understand like the backstory like my dad was a um his his dad passed away when he was young i think he was like 11 or 12 um of uh i think it was a heart attack so he, you know, he didn't know his father passed 11 or 12. And so he didn't really have that, that male in his, in his house to show him, you know, especially at those formative years, right. how to act and how to, you know, when, when anger comes in there, what do you do with that emotion? So, um, you know, fast forward, understanding like the, the environment and also 
you know, being being married and alcoholism and how that runs rampant in the army. I thought it was just our household, but it was not. Oh yeah, um, I get alcoholism. I can. Yeah, yeah, alcoholism. I mean, you got a you had a PX and a class six on every military base. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. at least four of them. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there was you know there was times where you know my mom and dad got into arguments and it would get loud and whatnot. And, but then it's certainly different when you know you hear it. You know right. what I'm saying? The, the physical, the physical aspects of it, and you know you see the next day where there's furniture turned over there's blood you know on the drippings or whatever on the floor and that made me angry you know and, and i was i was a young i was a young cat when that was happening you know i was in fifth fourth fifth sixth grade something like that and like i wanted to beat i wanted to beat the hell out of my dad you know and but i didn't have that you know i was a little i was a little you know looking so i was like you know i'm gonna start lifting weights i'm gonna start lifting weights so i can protect my mama and you know oh go ahead go ahead i apologize go ahead no i was about to say no i just you know doing that and and um you know i I need to find another outlet man you know i had all this anger built up in me and the outlet was football okay so let's talk about that yeah 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 let's get into that let's get into that because um i thought this was also very profound man you 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 were a late bloomer you know when we think of a lot most football players you know a lot of guys they start playing football you know peewee league you know um me myself i was also a late bloomer i didn't start playing um organized football to middle school so you know um you started playing football in uh eighth grade so so what again talk about what led up to that and how how did you initially get into football? I know I, we, we hear a little bit of the backstory about you having a lot of this, you know, control, anger, you know, I, I, I get all that, but just uh, talk a little bit about that. You know, how did you yeah. get into football? Yeah, man, no, I ended up getting into football. I wanted to play earlier, but um, uh, we just didn't have the money, you know, we just didn't have the money to play. And so um, finally, I begged my, my parents to let me play for the boys club because normally like in the city, you play for the city league and you get the helmets and the shoulder pads and you know right. everything else. But that was like a couple hundred dollars, even back then. Yeah. And so I was, man, I ain't no way I'm going to get that. Plus, I got to get cleats. You know, my, <laughs> oh, man, you give me flashbacks, man. I, piece, oh, goodness, like, I remember those days. Yeah. yeah. But, but the boys club, before it became the boys and girls club, the boys club, you only had to pay like five dollars. Okay. So you so you pay five dollars and you got your you know your helmet and your shoulder pads and you just gotta get the cleats. No doubt. So I remember not you know, my, my parents didn't want to pay for no cleats because I couldn't <laughs> wear them every day. Right. So I had to borrow my dad's best friend's cleats. He wore like a size thirteen. Holy so crap. I was you know, I'm in eighth grade. <laughs> That's when I started. I was eighth grade. So I've worked. How tall were you in eighth grade? Oh man, I was I don't shoot, maybe five eight. No five eight, five eight, five nine. No about hundred and twenty-five pounds, maybe. Oh yeah, you was like me. I was yeah. I was taller, I was five ten, about one thirty-five. <laughs> oh yeah. See, I know no, I was I remember I was one thirty-five my freshman year, but okay. no, I was long and lean and um 
Yeah, man. I ended up having to wear like five pairs of socks every every, every practice, every game, just to fit into these, right. these cleats. I shouldn't be laughing, man, but I'm, I never heard. I, I I heard a lot of stories about how uh, guys got into football. I never heard anything quite like that. Oh yeah, man. No, it was it was something. You know, I uh, it was football gave me. It was an outlet. And once I found out, man, hold on, I can tackle, I can hit people, and I won't get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, the teacher's not going to come at me. The the police ain't, ain't going to come after me. So I was like, man, let me let me explore this a little bit more. And I didn't know anything about football. Like, we never watched it growing up, you know? So, what so you I didn't have, like, a favorite team or anything like that as a no kid? Favorite, no, man. We was, we was out in the streets, and, you know, people started, hey, I'm – I'm Tony Dorsett. I'm 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 Terry Bradshaw. I'm Lynn Swan. I'm all these people. I'm like, man, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to find out. Okay, wow. who you know, not just who are these people, but right. I had to learn the foundation right. of football. And so, yeah, thank goodness, yeah. you know, we the same age. But well, I'm a little bit older. But we had we didn't have the internet. We had an set of encyclopedias. Oh yeah, and so I would go look under F football. Oh, this is what a wide receiver's job is. Right, and a, this and is what a linebacker's job is. is. Yeah, <laughs> I had to go through all that to figure out yeah. what does what is football? How do you how do you play that? How do you okay. what is their jobs? What are their roles? And so right. I learned it at a foundational level. That would later help me down the road. No, I think that's important because, you know, I always tell people, you know, if you're going to get involved in anything, whether it's sports, whether it's academia, what, what, you know, whatever it is, you should know the uh, history and the knowledge of whatever, um, you know, whatever sector, whatever field that you get into getting into. And I think that's, you know, I, I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel like a lot of young people, they get into a lot of different things, especially when it comes to um, athletics and entertainment. And they not they don't fully understand the history. So that was you know, that's, I feel like that's very profound that you mentioned. Yeah, that. man. Uh, understand the foundational principles of anything no that, sets, no that sets you apart. No doubt. Now, now, when you first got into football, what position? Because we know you as a defensive back, you know, one of the greatest defensive backs that ever came out of Oregon University, man. Um, and we go get in, we go get all into that. But what position did you take up when you first started playing? Man, I thought I was going to be the next Lawrence Taylor. Uh-oh, LT. I play, I play linebacker, man. I play linebacker oh, and running back. So, you know, funny funny thing is I play running back and I wore number 32. And I patterned my game after Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen. I yeah. love Marcus Allen. And so I was, yeah, I played running back. Now I play Marcus Allen. And you know, on defense, I was Lawrence Taylor. Okay. So play linebacker. And, you know, as I moved you know, moved up, went to high school. Uh, my sophomore year, was able to play varsity. Didn't play a ton, but I moved to, you know, in between. Not not big enough to play linebacker, but I can yeah. play safety because I love to hit. So I played strong safety in uh, in high school on the, on the wow. varsity level. Okay, so did you now? You know, I, I heard you just mentioned that you played. You know, that you 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 idolize uh you know marcus allen as a kid did you play a little bit of running back in, in high school as well a little offense? no 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 offense i was a pump return we had enough guys on offense right. and i wasn't like you know it wasn't um my cup of tea playing okay. you know running back and whatnot you want to hit people 
Yeah, man. <laughs> so let, let's talk about this, you know, because a lot of people don't understand like how hard it is to make it to, uh, you know, the collegiate level in, in, in football, let alone the NFL. So when did you start receiving, you know, um, uh, you know, when did you start receiving like acknowledgement for, you know, for your skills, man? When did people start really taking notice of how good you are uh, in high school, man? Man, you know, after, um, well, number one, I, I didn't know what a scholarship was. <laughs> wow. And like, I, like, honestly, I didn't know. Like, it was my sophomore year, and I remember going to the field in the summertime to go work out. And there was a guy who was a punter, a punter for us. Okay. Right. And he was punting. And I was like, why is he still punting? Like, he's, he's done. So I went, I said, hey, man, why are you still punting? He's oh no man I got a scholarship to go to Adam State. It's a small, I think it's Division Two right. school. And I was like a scholarship. What well, what's that? <laughs> He's like Alex, you don't know what scholarship is? Nah, I have no clue. I've never heard of that word. What's that? And he said no man. So you know I played. They gave me a scholarship, so they'll pay for me to go to school or, or give me a, a portion of money. They pay for my room, my board, and books or tuition. Right. And so. That was the aha moment in my life. And now you say you was a sophomore. I was a sophomore and I was like, hold on. If I play this game well enough, I can get school paid for. Right. Because I thought I was going in the army. I had no no. Yeah, I was just about to ask. What, I was, yeah, I was about to ask, you yeah, know, was, what was your aspirations, you know, outside of football as a young kid? Oh, it was it was just football. It was right. football, and I thought, hey, I'm going to go to the Army. You know, my pops in the Army. Right. I'm going to go to the Army. And okay. so once I found out about that, my world changed. And I started eliminating, right at that day, I started eliminating things that was going to get in my way of me going to college. Now, talk because about that, that was, I wanted talk to about go that to college. Yeah, I wanted to go to college. So now, Talk um, about that a little bit, you know, because... Um, you know, I feel like a lot of we have a there's so many great athletes, you know, that we never heard of this. But a lot of these guys get tripped up by a lot of the social ills uh, within society. But you just you just uh, mentioned that you started to eliminate certain things. So what was those certain things that you started to eliminate? You know, well, the the, the biggest thing I had to put in my mind was like, this is going to be lonely. And I have to be okay with that. I know it's going to be lonely because I would ask cats, hey, man, let's go work out. Let's go lift. Let's go run. And they'll say, yeah. But then when the time came, right. it was they was always, no, nah, man, I can't do it. I, I got my girl. Or, no, I can't do it. I got work. Right. Or, no, I got to do this. I got this. I got that. And so I'm like, I can't get wrapped up into people saying, you know, they're going to be there and then they don't right. go and then I don't work out or I don't do this. So I was like, okay, I got to understand the character that I need to have. Mm. I need to be that cat that be like, no matter all that other stuff, I still got to get the job done. No doubt. I also had to start to cut out different relationships, different relationships that I had with, with, with people. I couldn't do the same things. I knew in my mind, I can't do that. I can't go over there and go smoke that. Right. And, and, and think that I'm going to. 
What's that? No, I just wanted to say, you know, because at this time, you know, now we all know that you end up going to Oregon, but what were some of the other schools? Because, and you know, for you to go to a Division One school, especially the Pac-10 at that time, I don't think people understand that is a big deal. We're going to get all into that, but yeah. that's a big deal. So, you know, you you got a lot at stake right now, you know, and I hear you talking, you, you, you know, you're, it seems to me, listening to you speak, you were really honed in. So just talk about that, that, that focus uh, attitude that you had. You know? Yeah. And so, so I knew that, um, you know, being playing at that level, because I didn't see a whole bunch of that where I was from and a whole bunch of cats, you know, from my neighborhood that was going and playing ball at a high level. So um, I knew that I would have to be different. And I knew that it would take discipline. I knew that. And so I had that already built in me, right? So I would try to always be like the guy on the team. Like, man, I wanted to be the hardest worker. That was, that, that was number one. We had some hard workers now. They might have had a ton of ability, but we had some dudes that would work. And so I would push myself because I wanted to be the best on my team. And then once that started to, you know, started to happen, okay, now I want to be the best in the city in my position. I want to be the best in the city. Okay, that started happening. Now, okay, now I want to be the best in the state. And so with all these different accolades, you know, all the vision, right? I thought that was a big goal of mine, right? You set goals, I want to be the first team, all whatever division. No doubt. And then, okay, I want to be first team, all state. Now I want to be first team all American. So it was different things, steps that you had to take. And um, you know, I remember going to a couple of camps my junior year. Right. So going into my junior year, I went to a couple of camps in Colorado. Went to University of Colorado, Colorado University. Uh, they had a football camp. That's the, uh, so the Buffaloes. Buffalo. That's right. And this was back when they were they were good. You know. Yeah. And so I went to that camp, and that was the first time I saw like a university i saw the campus i saw the stadium so i was like oh this is real this ain't just me on tv this is real right. and yeah, then yeah. i got a chance to see a lot of the the buffalo it's like eric the enemy um you know some other dudes and right. i was like oh this is close this is real i'm real close right and right. so but I, I got a chance to see myself and measure myself against other guys that was my age in the different okay. drills and so I knew I didn't have all the, the football IQ. I was, I was late, late to the party, right? Right. So what right. I would do, separate myself. When they said this drill, we got this drill, everybody would sprint to the front, not me. <laughs> I would sit in the back because yeah. I need as much coaching as possible. Yeah, so you I were would, like me, you were like me. Go ahead, go, what, man, go, ahead, go I, ahead. I would I'm sit listening. in the back and I would watch dudes, all the, the guys from Denver, right? Yeah. That was a big city, all these dudes. You know, yeah. TJ Cunningham and all these other cats, they were studs, right? And so I would watch them, see how they move, and then I would listen to the coaches give feedback. Hey, look, I know you guys enjoying this video. Um, check it out, man. I would love for you guys to like, support. Hey, look, let's take a second to like, share, and subscribe to the Bridging the Generation podcast youtube channel for everybody who is watching this video i appreciate all the support lord knows i do we're trying to get these numbers up it's very important as far as the algorithm so please 
smash that like button please subscribe and comment down below again like share subscribe and comment down below thank you so much and continue to enjoy this interview hey look guys i know you guys are watching the video i hope you guys are enjoying it uh, but i really 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 need you guys to like share uh, subscribe to the content it's very important as far as this youtube algorithm so again smash that like button uh, subscribe if you haven't already share with other people and please comment down below let me know what you like let me know what you don't like but again want to get this um you know want to get this uh the, this interaction up um, it's very important, like I said, as far as the YouTube algorithm. So, again, please support the platform. Thank you. Love you guys. Continue to enjoy this interview. So I would, so I would, I would get in the back of the line and I would watch right. all these dudes who thought they they were the best, right? Right. <laughs> and they would do their drills, and and I would watch them. I would watch okay. the intensity. I watched their footwork, and then I would listen to the coaching. Right. And so I would do that over and over again. So then when it's time was my turn to get up, hell, I should be perfect because I got all these extra reps. Right. Right. And when I got there, I was I was clean and right. I showed I showed all my stuff. And and then by the time at the end of the, the camp, it was my name that was called right. being the best, the MVP right. of the camp. Right. And so yeah. this happened one time and then I went to another camp when um it was at the university of northern colorado and barry i remember barry sanders was there rodney pete was there and i got a chance to see these guys and see like the size of these these nfl dudes not just yeah, college now right nfl dudes and then i got a chance to see some of the other cats right the, okay. the other you know high school athletes compete and go after it and so i was like hey i'm just as good as these dudes no i'm doubt. just as good if not better no and doubt. so that gave me confidence that gave me confidence in in my skill my athleticism in my and definitely my attention to detail okay now now um now alex you know like i said we all know that you end up going to the university of oregon but who were some of the other uh schools that was recruiting around this time? yeah so man I, I got recruited um heavily by the the whole pac-10 usc ucla um, the, the Arizona schools, um, and then the Big Eight, like Oklahoma, was the first team that called me. And so Oklahoma calls me, and I'm like, "This is this is Oklahoma." This is when uh, Barry Switzer was was Barry yeah. Switzer was there, yeah. yeah. And they was winning national championships and or in the hunt. They called, and um, I remember them calling, and they said that, uh, "Hey, Alex, we want you to." We want you to, you know, we see you playing corner here. And I was a safety. Right. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to be the next Mark Carrier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if y'all don't know, Mark Carrier was the All-American free safety oh, yeah. for uh, for USC. USC, then went to the and Chicago thought, Bears. Yeah, that's right. And I thought hey. I was going to be the next Mark Carrier. And I was like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm corner. <laughs> so anyway, the next scene on Tennessee call calling so i you know i had recruiting trips to usc tennessee colorado oregon but um I, all these other teams started calling and saying cornerback cornerback corner and i was like man i'm ronnie lott 
I'm Mark Carey. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I end up, I figured, uh, okay, I guess I'll play corner, you know, and I, I watched Dion, you know, right. when he was in college. So I was like, okay, maybe I can do it. Now, now what now, again, you're in, um, at this time, you are in, you're still in Colorado, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right. what led yeah. you? So what what led you to going to Oregon? You know what what about Oregon stood out to you, and you know, you know made you want to be a part of that, uh, you know, be a part of that 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 team. Man, honestly, I'm gonna tell you, the uh, coach Zumbukos. So Coach Zoom, he had my area. He was the recruiter for that area, okay. and the relationship that we built, how he spoke to me and how he always stayed the same no matter who was recruiting me you know from different schools right he wasn't about them schools he was about oregon mm. and what how they played and and what they what they envisioned in me coming there and so really the relationship was the was the biggest thing that that helped me get there now you know the colors was one thing being in the pac 10 being like some, I didn't, I didn't watch Oregon. I didn't know who, but Oregon Ducks, what? <laughs> you know, but it was like, man, if I go here, because at the time I, you know, all American in high school. And, oh, and Oregon wasn't that good when, back then, yeah, to my knowledge. I don't remember. That good. Yeah. No, but it was something about, man, what if I go there and I can be a part of something that's different, something that can change the whole trajectory of football, Oregon football. What if I went there and I was a part of that? Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I like this. And then I took my recruiting trip and loved the atmosphere. They just built this new complex, which was the biggest in the Pac-10 okay. in terms of like weight room and gym and all that type of stuff. So I was like, I, man, I think I, I kind of like Oregon. Right. Yeah. No, that's dope. That's dope. Now, when I think of when a lot of people think of Oregon, you know, we look at them as a powerhouse today. But at the time, you know, they wasn't a powerhouse. So, you know, as I listen to you talk, you know, you was one of the, you know, uh, part of the first class, you know, before Oregon really started to take off, you know, because a few couple of years later, matter of fact, I believe your either your junior or senior uh, season, you guys were like nine and three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So my whole game, I'm trying to think my junior year, we went nine and four, nine and three, something like that. But we won the Pac-10. It was the, the first 10. time, first yeah. time in 37 years. That's crazy. We won the Pac-10. We went to the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. There we go. And it was something that we all dreamed of when we first got there. You know, my class and the class ahead of me. And I was like, man, that that was always a dream. I wanted to hear my name being called by Keith Keith Jackson, and it happened. And then the next year we went to the Cotton Bowl. So, you know, we finished second in the Pac-10, but, you know, we won nine games again. Right. Yeah. And we was we was ranked. It was like, man, I remember not even being ranked at all when right. we first got to Oregon. And then by the time my junior year, we went to the Rose Bowl, we was, we was uh, ranked 11th in wow. the country, which was the highest that Oregon had ever been ranked. No doubt, no doubt. I thought that was pretty cool to be a part of that, you know. Yeah, no, that's 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 amazing, man. So let, let's fast forward a little bit, you know. So you know, you have a you 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 come out of Oregon as one of the greatest uh, defensive backs, even to this day, you know. And there's been a lot of great uh, defense, you know, a lot of great defensive uh, players, defensive backs that came out of Oregon. 
um, but you end up becoming a top, uh, you end up going number 11th in the 1996 NFL draft, which a lot of people did not know you were the first defensive back chosen. And I'm looking here on this list of that because I remember that draft vividly. But what I did not remember was you were picked ahead of Ray Lewis. You was picked ahead of Marvin Harrison. You was picked ahead of uh, Amarty Toomer. I mean, I can Eddie George. So that was amazing. That was an amazing class. So as I as I think back at that time and, and even, you know, I want to do you even reflect on that time, you know, did you ever realize that you were going to go first round and be the first defensive back chosen in the draft? Like, when did it, it hit you? Like, man, I'm one of the greatest, not the best in the country. Man. You end up getting, you know, you, had, you end up having an outstanding career at the University of Oregon. Um, but what I want to know, and I uh, and also feel like a lot of people want to know, you know, when did you realize that you had the talent to take it to the next level? Because I don't think a lot of people realize that making it to the NFL, like I mentioned earlier, you know, making it to college to collegiate football, the percentages are low. But when but when we talk about going to the NFL, we're talking about less than five percent, you know, yeah. guys make it to the NFL. So you have to be an exceptional talent to make it to the NFL. So when did you realize like you have what it takes, man, to, to, to go to the next level? Man, great question. There was two, like, really distinguishing moments for me. One happened in the spring before my junior year. And so I had came off of a devastating knee injury where my ACL, MCL, and um, uh, had a severely stretched PCL. Uh. Um, so I played, so that, that happened in the bowl game my redshirt freshman year came back after about nine months and I played, but I wasn't the same. Um, so I played the whole year, basically on one leg, right. but then I gave me a chance to recover after that. So in the spring of my junior year, I ended up, you know, I trained and, and you know, learned how to run. Right. But I ended up dropping my 40 time. Right. So wow. Going into college, now where were you? Running, where were you at the time? You know, prior, you know, prior to the injury. So, so before the injury, I clocked out at a four, four, six. Damn, that's fast. You know, so it's fast, right? It's fast, and I was like, okay, man, that's what I always hear that at the, the combine. I hear about that, you know. So yeah, I four, think four. I have enough speed, yeah. right? Yeah, four, four. So, but after training and learning how to run, when I ran. I ran a four three two. Say so that right there, running that four three, you know that, that right, right there. there. So I was like, oh man, okay. So I know I got the speed. So, but right. then what really was the uh, the big moment for me is um, I remember it was during the summertime, and you know we would often have guys who would come back, right? So I remember right. JJ Burden came back into town. Man, he used to play with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. And 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 we used to play yeah. with him on Madden. So JJ Burton was one of the fastest dudes on Madden. He was. And it was yeah, like, Jets. man, he came into the uh he came into the treatment room. He was getting all taped up. 
And I was like, oh, man, he's getting taken. And I was, you know, I'm a little junior and stuff. I, was, I didn't want to talk to him. He was an NFL dude, you know? Right. But then he left. And then the quarterback, Danny O'Neill, was like, hey, you want to come out and cover J.J. Burton? I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, I, get right. to, I get to try to cover an NFL dude. No doubt. Not just an NFL dude, like a starter who's, you know, balling. Right. Now he, he was with a, that Joe Montana, Willie Davis, That's and right. all that. That's right. And I, I went out that. there, and, you know, of course, he you know he took my lunch. But there, there was a <laughs> but there was a couple of plays where I was right there. I was right. right in stride with them. I think on one of them, I even got my hand on the ball. And I was like, oh, this is different, you know? Right. So right. once again, I was like, that gave me confidence to be like, man, I can cover NFL dudes. What? Right. So no that doubt. gave me confidence. So, you know, that along with my work ethic, and I'm always, I love challenging folks, you know, whether it's my teammates or the other team, it just kind of snowballed. And then we had okay. more and more dudes like that on my team. So that kind of, after that, and then I had success, right? I had success as a, as a person. I was a, you know, first team all pack team. And then we went to the, you know, the Rose Bowl. So that just, I was like, man, I'm a dude. And then my senior, <laughs> and, then, and then my senior year came. And then with that, all the accolades that come, you know, preseason All-American. Yeah. You know, he's top, you know, one of the top corner prospects right. in the NFL draft. It just kind of fed into all that, man. Now, I remember, I, like I said, that's what, because this was, I'm in high school around this time. And I, re I vividly remember hearing, you know, Keith Jackson mentioning your name and a lot of different, you know, guys mentioning your name. And you was, it just seemed like you just came out of nowhere. You know, this name, Alex Molden. And, you know, it was a lot of great defensive backs. You know, we had Sean Springs out around that time. And, you know, it was some, it was yeah. some really good guys. And, you know, 1996, first round 11th pick man what was that like hearing your name and, and did you realize that you were going to go that high and not only go that high but be the first defensive back chosen in the 1996 nfl draft talk about that a little bit man you know i knew it was i think it was going to come between me and walt harris so walt harris played a lot of years i think 10 or 12 years and he was nice with the bears yeah yeah, came out of Mississippi State. Mississippi State. And yeah. I knew like it was me and him kind of, you know, close and whatnot. But, um, you know, the funny thing is when that happened, you know, it's my dream come true, right? So they, the NFL invited me and my family to come out to New York for the draft. And it's always been a dream of mine. I've watched it, right? I grew up watching Deion Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Steve Atwater, you know, Paul Tagliabue calls them up to the stage they will oh, no. walk up shake the hand take the picture that was a dream come true to me the funny thing is is you know you always see the guys in the back room in the green room and they get a phone call right and then they all celebrate and stuff and then they hang up and they hug it and then they get called and they walk up there that didn't happen to me i was in the green room was like man dang I, you know, my agent told me somewhere, anywhere between five and maybe 15. So I'm so Cincinnati's up. They have the 10th pick and I said, they need a corner. And they call uh, uh, Willie Anderson out of, I think, Auburn, offensive lineman. Offensive lineman, yeah. Thinking, okay, well, dang, they got that. So the Saints is up next, but after them is Tampa Bay. Oh, Tampa Bay needs a corner, yeah. And then 
you know, so I'm like, I didn't play New Orleans any mind. It wasn't a phone, phone wasn't ringing and like right. that. And I'm watching ESPN. With the 11th pick, the New Orleans Saints select Alex Molden. I was just as surprised as everybody else. <laughs> you walk up there, you, you know, you take the picture and stuff. And I, I felt robbed, though, man. I felt cheated. Right. Where's my phone call? I was going to get a phone call, man. See, we, I was always under, under the impression that a lot of you guys, you knew who you were going to, like, you know because you guys have agents and that's another thing like when did you guys get agents you know because you you are um collegiate athletes at this time so when how does that process work when did you get you know when did you get agents yeah so the whole process man like your junior year senior all these agents start calling they start calling the house right and somehow they get my house number but it start calling all of them sound the same use car yeah. salesmen they can do this they can do that you can right. do this you know? But uh, you end up, I end up getting an agent. I mean, I signed with them right after the season. So right after the Rose Bowl, I signed with them. And, you know, going through the whole process of training, working out, and they, uh, you know, talking to teams and whatnot, and they kind of give you a guesstimate of where, right, right, you know, right. you're looking to go. Yeah, but okay. the New Orleans but Saints, they needed a lot of help back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they was... Yeah, they they was uh, the the eights yeah, yeah. <laughs> at, at that time. Um, so so here we go. You know, you 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 drafted with the you know the eleventh pick, man, the top defense, the number one uh, ranked defensive back, and the number you know the the first defensive back chosen in the nineteen ninety six draft, which is a, a very remarkable. You know, I, 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 I got to put some emphasis on that. Got to okay. put some emphasis on that. <laughs> you know, I think. Do you, Alex? let's be honest do you forget about that like is that so do you even acknowledge like that that is a big deal like when with whether I would you never forget that. Back I or wide receiver but that is you know, i don't think people understand the percentage of people that make it to the nfl so when you first round an 11th pick and the first player chosen at this position like does that how, how did that how did that make you feel like man yeah. like it's one of those things, man, when you're when you're trying to get better at something, you just kind of bury your head and you go. Right. You don't start to look up and think where you're at and like, okay, I get this, I get that. Okay, I'm, I've made it. I've never, you know, that wasn't part of it. So it was just always about pushing yourself to, to become the best version of yourself. Oh, and so for me, it was like, man, outworking now to the point where now I got to outsmart cats. I got to be smart, not just like in the classroom, but I got to be smart before point out all the weaknesses and start to, you know, start to uh, make those weaknesses into strengths. So start to do all that type of stuff. And then you're competing on top of that and you want to be the best, right? The best version of yourself and compared to other cats. So that just kind of drove me, man. And then by the time I looked up, it was like, oh, it's draft. The draft is here no no doubt you know and then it's like you know it was, it was a dream come true okay so hey you know now you're here in new orleans you know what was that like you know what was the culture you know you're going from the pacific northwest to the big easy yeah. you know so what was that what was that transition like you know it was crazy man different culture right different culture different language yeah like i ain't never been to the deep south the farthest south that i was been is oklahoma you know? <laughs> And you go to like New Orleans, right? And you know, 
you know, I'm in Colorado and then Oregon. You don't see a ton of brothers out there, right? <laughs> Outside <laughs> of your team. Right. You go to New Orleans and it's like the whole city, you know? Right. So, so you know, diversity. It was, it was, it right. was dope. You know, right. the music and and um, and the culture. And you was down there with with with, with Master P was down there, man. No oh, limit. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> man. I remember, you know, many times going to the uh, the car wash, man. I see Lil Wayne. Yeah. Lil Wayne, Master, all those cats. Yeah. yeah. But wow, that's um, amazing. No, man. no, it was cool, man. It was a different culture. Um, you know, you still had to you still had to to do your job. You know, no. you're getting paid lots of money. You can't look at that. You can't you can't look at the check. You know, we get paid every two weeks. Right? Oh, that's once how it start, works. Once you start looking at the check, and I did it the first time, right? When I signed my signed the contract, boom, there's your bonus, my signing bonus. I ain't never seen that many numbers in my life. <laughs> I can only imagine. And so that so that goes to, you know, the money manager, right? But then like you know, you get your first game check. And I get my first game check. And, you know, I look at it, and this was after taxes. It was $35,000. And I was like, this is more money than my mom makes in a year. I just made it. My first game check. I get this every two weeks. So you just had to, you know, take a deep breath and like, man, this I'm blessed. Right. But I still got to go out here and do my job. No doubt. No doubt. Now you had a, you know, you had a solid uh, rookie season. You know, um, your second year, you become a starter. Now, what was that like? You know, what I'm saying because it's it's one thing to make it to the league, but it's another thing to excel. So, you know, we know the Saints wasn't doing that well, man. But you became a starter in your second, a full time starter, your second season. So, um, as I as as I as I just mentioned that, you know, talk about the the, the transition not only from you know from going from the Pacific Northwest to New Orleans. But also the transition from college football to the NFL. What was some of the biggest uh, differences? Biggest difference was the athletes. Now in the Pac-10, I dealt with like some dudes: uh, JJ Stokes, Johnny Morton, Curtis Conway. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, they was on the same team, shot. I believe. Uh, Morton and Conway. And yeah, one, yeah, one yeah. together. Yeah, there was some dudes. So I'm facing these dudes like. You know, every every week, right? Yeah. And then you go to the NFL, and the practice squads guys <laughs> are the best the best receivers I ever faced in my life. <laughs> like these are practice squads. I ain't never heard of these dudes, but they are right. giving it to me. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to understand early that it's not about how fast I run a forty. Right. My football IQ has got to be up there. And so I knew early on because it helped me in college is I got to make sure I link up with some of these vets, guys who I can, I can, who had, who had success and who was willing to share some of the secrets. So I had Eric Allen, Mark McMillan, Anthony Newman. And so they took me underneath their wing, but I had to go out and I had to sit next to them and be like, Hey man, so, you know, so what are you watching when you're watching film? I had to do all that stuff to help me increase my football IQ. Because I'm gonna tell you, it's not about how fast these dudes run. It's not about how much you bench. It's not about what your vertical jump is, all right? It's about, man, your football IQ. When you see things, how fast can you dissect it? And react. And react. 
Yeah. Yeah, they say they say, you know, football, not even just football, but sports is it's 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical because all of you guys are superior athletes. You know, just to make it to that level, you have to be a superior athlete. But, you know, the the, the mental aspect is the, the the part of the game that takes you to a, 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 the next level. You know, it Absolutely. keeps you it's, it was keep what keeps you. Can they say, you know, NFL stands for not for long? That's right. You know, <laughs> that's right. So not so so look we, we let's fast forward you had a you know you had a great career you know great uh career in New Orleans you end up going to San Diego and you know you also you you end up showing out of San Diego man you was you know you was a starter there in San Diego so what was that like you know going from New Orleans you know because a lot of people don't realize that when you in the NFL and you go from team to team you got to pack up your family you know Kate so talk about that a little bit you know because at this time you're married you have children you know talk about that a little bit yeah that was tough man um you know i want to you know you want to spend your whole career in one spot but you know with free agency it's not like that you know right. so i hit the free agency market san Diego charges called on the first day and i was like wow this is cool i get to go to the west coast a bigger market right and um and you know your second contract is going to be bigger than your first it's just how it goes mm -hmm. and so what they was offering i was like i can't turn this down <laughs> can't turn this down so i end up going there and the cool thing is like man we like my, my my first day on the job i'm going there and the first person i see you know i go it's it's in april or whatever and um i go in there and the first dude i see the only person in the locker room is junior say wow and i'm walking there and i'm in my sixth year right i'm, I'm a vet you know what i'm saying I, I paid my dues i go in there yeah. and i'm i'm like a, a a big old fan i'm like oh, oh. All <laughs> that junior oh, say oh, yeah, commercials yeah. and this, that, and the other. And so I'm you know, I act like I don't see him. You know what I'm trying to be cool. And he said, Hey, Alex, buddy, what's up? Hey man, so glad you're here, man. You're gonna help us out. You're gonna help us, man, get to where we wanna be, man. So okay. glad that you're here. Man, that was just like, first of all, he knew my name. Wow. And number two, for him to open up and be like, yeah. "Man, I'm glad that you're here." He he was the leader. He is the he's the Mister San Diego. Mister Mr. San Diego, right? Yes. And so for him to do that, man, it felt it really made me feel welcome and at home. So so here you are, uh, San Diego, man. You 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 meet the amazing Junior Say. I know that had to be a, like a humbling experience, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Him. Uh, Rodney Harrison was a beast. Great team. Oh, I sometimes forget that he played with San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Him, you know, that year we drafted Drew, Drew Brees, Ladanian yeah. Tomlinson. And the cool thing is, both of them sat right next to me. Okay. They sat right next to me, you know, their first year. So you first was the OG. Year. You was the OG to Ladanian. Yeah. 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 yeah he was, oh, he was yeah. a cool, cool dude, man. Him and Drew Brees, they asked lots of questions um very very humble dudes and hard-working cats man you just knew early on man like like san diego got lucky drafting these dudes because yeah, they're they, they were special yeah and i also uh marty shadahama that was his first year in san diego as well uh yeah well in in 2002 yeah right so he came and that's when they drafted quentin jammer he was the first pick of that of that class but yeah marty when, when marty came on you know on staff and you know he had a 
he had a unique way of coaching. You know what I'm saying? Like it was the first time like this dude, this is black, this is white. This is wrong, this is right. You stay in there, we go. No gray and areas. Like, Man, it was yeah, ain't no gray areas. Right. No gray no. areas. No doubt. Now, you know, a lot of times when we think of the, the NFL, man, we see a lot of, you know, situations, you know, just like, you know, recently we just saw uh, the player Henry Ruggs got involved in, a, in, a, in a, an accident that ended up becoming a fatality. So we see a lot of athletes go through a lot of uh, trials and tribulations, you know, different things of that nature. You know, how did you able to uh navigate around a lot of these different things that goes on in the nfl you know because i feel like you know sometimes you know uh athletes they get a bad rep for you know some of the things that are on a bigger scale it's it's, it's a it's a it's a problem within society but we try to narrow it down to just athletes so with all that being said like how are you able to to maneuver and, and get away get around a lot of these things that could uh pretty much you know set you back Man, the biggest thing is understanding that we are we are athletes. We're right. highly paid as professional athletes. So I understand that, man, this is a platform. So with a platform, especially something that's elevated by others, people are going to look at us differently. I can't move the way that normal people move. I can't react the way that normal people react on things. Right? I, I just... You can't do that. You, you think that's fair, that. though? Because uh, I remember, you know, like when I was young, I remember Charles Barkley saying, you know, I'm not a role model. I remember that was really popular. Yeah, yeah. So this takes a, a certain character, right? There's a certain character that you have to take on to, I mean, you have to understand that, yeah, it's different. It just is fair or not fair, right? right. <laughs> fair or not fair. You are on an elevated platform because right. of how this country views us athletes or us pro right. athletes. You, but it works both ways. Like there's many a times, you know, that I can get into places where if I was a normal person, person, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't get it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I understood, like, man, there's certain places. If I just show my NFL card, then I can get in this club. Right. Right. I can get in. I can get to this place, or I can meet this person. Right. So it works different ways. That makes sense. So yeah, but you gotta. But there's a certain type of character. Most of the time, I walked, and I knew that that I could get away with certain things. And I get stopped by the police in New Orleans. They stop me. They see what type of car I'm driving. I'm showing like, oh, he's a saint. Oh yeah, hey, just slow down. (laughs) Right, just slow down. Right. Right. So, but a lot of athletes, if they don't have the discipline, they start to take that stuff for granted. For granted. They feel that they are above, they're above the law, or they don't have to treat people the same way that they treat, you know, people who are. Talk about that. Let's stay stay there for a second because, you know, when I interviewed, you know, Peter Warwick also, I asked him about this question like, what keeps you so grounded you know because you know even having this interview interview with you and doing my 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 backstory with you man you seem like a really good guy man you know but what do you attribute to that like you know because the fame and the money i i can see how it can make somebody you know make somebody's head get bigger than it really is man but what keeps alex molden grounded relationships i have people in my life 
I had them back then, and so happened to, to, to this day, that they hold me to a certain standard that what I wanted to be at. Right. So I keep people close to me that can be like, hey, Milk, that's my nickname, Milk. Man, what you doing? Right. Why are you acting like that? You, that ain't the way you that you said that you want to roll. Right. Why are you why are you moving that way? Man, you you you, you, you ever had one of those moments though, like when you you know, because I again, you know, you guys are young guys coming into this league and coming into all of this money. Did you ever have one of those moments where you like, man, I'm here, I got the money. I'm about to go ahead and do it big, man. Like, like, what so, was? Did you ever have one of those moments? Absolutely, absolutely. What was like, the, What was the most ridiculous thing that you 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 spent when you first came in the league, man? That oh, if man. you could think back, you were like, man, that wasn't a good idea. There's a couple of things. One, I, I so I got this SL 500 Mercedes Benz. Let me tell you something. White. Well, I was just butter, about to ask, what color? White peanut butter interior. Mm-hmm. With rims, California style, little ones on the front, big boys in the back. <laughs> that thing costs after taxes. That thing costs ninety three. That's a lot of money even back then. Ninety three, ninety seven. I mean, I just, I remember putting down thirty five k as a down Jesus payment. Christ. And my monthly payments were eighteen hundred. You know how much? I got and I got a house, right? Nice house. You know how much my house payment was? Probably less than a car. Seventeen hundred. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, <laughs> so, so Yo, I mean, what did your agent? Talk, you, what did your agent tell you, man? It was you say, my, my my financial advisor. Okay. Say, yeah, Alex, you can't be. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't. You know, for oh, every God. dollar you spend, twenty years from now, that's going to be twenty dollars. Oh, mm. Man, you see my check. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, true. You was in the league with guys that was making more, you know. So I'm I'm pretty sure, like a lot of people say, and this is what I hear, you know, uh, NFL locker room, man. A lot of times, man, it's it's like a a, you know a competition. You know, keeping up. This guy has this. This guy. So so how did you kind of like? Let me let me stay in this lane over here. It's keeping up with the Joneses. That's right. what it's about. You get the new car, you got the new Hummer? Oh, now I'm getting that next week. Um, you, oh, you got the new Rolex? Oh, I'm getting that. Yeah. Oh, so that's Keeping true. Up with the junk. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like my first, that first, I want to say two years, I spent so much money. I didn't look at the price of nothing. Nothing. Clothes, right. car. I took care of my mom, took care of my brother. Man, they, I didn't look at none of that. Food, nothing. Right. Until I got married. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> yeah, the you, best thing financially that that idea is, you know, after buying her her ring. Good lord, that was whew. yeah. Because that, uh, that, that that stabilizes a man. You, that's you know, right. That's right. That's, that's stability. So then I started looking at you know, once we got married. I started looking at the price of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So so you know, a lot of a lot of um, athletes, man, they come into the league, man, and and they blow a lot of money. Um, but what, what, what would you attribute that? Is it, a, is it the culture? Is it, you know, would you, would you say that, uh, it's things that the NFL could do better as far as, you know, uh, teaching the, uh, athletes financial literacy? What, what do you attribute to that? You know, I think, man, it's always, I don't put, 
I, I used to look to, to put blame on a lot of things, a lot of people and whatnot. I don't do that anymore. It's okay. the athletes. Now, you know, we raise like, you know, to do, you know, work hard, do all this stuff, take care of your people when you do make it. Right. But then like understanding, you know, and the NFL does a does a hell of a job with all the symposiums and whatnot. And actually I plan on doing some, you know, some work with them to, to let them understand like it is the truth and not for long. Like this, like there's so many examples of cats who played one, two, maybe three years, and then that's it. And they're getting like half a million dollars, and they're blowing it because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. And it's like, man, what do you? So, you know how I coach. So I personal development coach, right? So I I I ask different questions of the of the folks who work with me. Like, what do you want to get out of this? Not too many guys in the league ask questions of themselves. Like, what do you see yourself doing when you stop playing football? And a lot of them, they don't know, or they just, ah, I'll figure it out. No, that day will be here sooner than what you think. Not everybody is like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, you know, um, tons of other guys who play for a long, long time. Most of it is like three, four-year guys. And they don't know, like, they don't have a great relationship with money. Right. And it's, 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 you can call it cultural or whatever, but they just don't ask themselves, like, man, what's the, what's the long term? You know, what's the long term thing? My son, you know, he's a rookie. Yeah, I want to talk about that, man. Talk, yeah. I I know you got to be proud, man. I know he got his first interception, I believe, like three weeks ago off of Carson Wentz. He did, yeah. For his first interception was a, uh, pick first, intercept, first pick six. First pick six. He got three interceptions on the season. He got no, 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 no. He got one. I think he got more. You, you oh, sure? Man, come on, man. I'm a daddy. I know man, I'm a daddy. I could have he had more guy. picks than that. No, no. He got one. one I stand corrected. I, I know he got a pick six, though. I know that. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I'm, I'm more proud of him of, of the person that he is off the field. The on the field stuff, I know how that goes. I know right. it can be here today, going to tomorrow. I'm more concerned about his character, right? And how he treats people now. No doubt. No. And how he spends his money. He has a beautiful relationship with money. He don't spend it. He's not dumb like I was and try to keep up with the cats in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Like he calls me and was like, Dad, man, you ain't gonna believe how much these dudes suits because they cost ten thousand. They getting on the plane, ten thousand dollar pair a, a, a suit, and and a thousand or twenty five hundred uh, a pair of uh, shoes. That's crazy. Fifteen thousand dollars on a watch, Dad. Because <laughs> he's he, he's listened over and over again about the stories I've told. Yeah, I was about to say because I'm pretty sure you schooled him. Oh yeah, not just on the yeah. field. It's more, if anything, it's more off the field. Like okay. man, once you reach this this certain thing, man, there's a, you know. You should start building relationships. You should start doing that back in college. Now, what do you mean build relationships? You mean like networking as far as what? I'm talking about networking with people who you who you have an interest in. They're, if they're business people, because of, remember that elevated platform, they will pick up the phone when you right. call. They will answer an email. But okay. you have to be the one. You can't be like... You know, you know, you go to networking events and you're chilling in the back with your homeboys, not saying anything. You, you have to initi- be the one initiative to go out there and like, man, hey, look, I'm interested in what you got. I don't understand everything about it, 
man, I'd love to, you know, to kind of just chop it up with you and see, man, what, how'd you get there, man? And, and like, how did you start? Like, cause I have an interest, I think in that area. And I'm just trying to see like what things I need to, you know, start to put into place. That's all it takes, man. So, when it, so, so again, you know, you wrap up your career, you know, in, in, in Detroit, you know, but then, you know, like there's a transition that a lot of people don't realize when it comes to the NFL and after retirement. So talk about that transition, you know, because I remember reading a book about uh, Donald Driver when he was talking about, you know, as far as him having to take care of himself physically. And he had to change a lot. His routine changed. And it, there was a, you know, his he had to look back and, and, and realize that I'm no longer playing in the NFL. What do I do now? So what was that like for Alex Molden? You know, once the NFL, once it was over. Man, I was lost. I was lost. My uh, ability with mixed in with, you know, all the talent in that platform, all that stuff got intertwined with my character. And then when that that platform was no longer there, right. I was stuck because a part of you dies. It's like, man, I'm a football player. I didn't have that that mental capacity to be like, no, Alex, that's what you do. Who are you? Right. You're a football player. No, not a, I'm not a football That's what I do. Right. So a lot of us, I'm not the only one, is, you know, you have to understand, like, man, you know, we get stuck. And so you got to figure out, like, man, who you are. There's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself to, you know, to get that answer. And it's a lot of like, like literally looking in the mirror right. and asking yourself these tough questions. And for me, it hit like a ton of bricks because I went on a job interview after about two years done in the league. And I didn't, you know, I just wanted to do something. I wanted to get out the house. And I went on this job interview and uh, I was at a nonprofit. And this nonprofit, it said basically after about 15 minutes, it was a, a older black lady. She said, uh, honey, sweetie, I'm going to stop you right there. You're not going to get this job. And it was like an entry level type of job at a nonprofit, you know, maybe $45,000, $55,000 a year. Oh, you overqualified? No, I was underqualified because I didn't know myself. She said, honey, sweetie, you're not going to get this job. And before you go on any more job interviews, you need to find out exactly who you are. Because she was asking questions about that, you know, the, the place of employment. Right. But then she started asking deeper questions about me. Mm. And I couldn't answer them. So that, yeah, I was stuck. And so I had to start asking myself different questions. I had to start surrounding people that would challenge me. And I got a coach. Oh, I end up getting a, I end up getting a personal development coach. Okay, because you know, like I said, you know, when I want, I want to come up today, you know, because um, today you are a motivational speaker. You know, you do a lot of other things. You just recently wrote a book, which I want, I want you to talk about. I want you to plug. Um, but what led you into that particular field? You know, because I, I, t I feel like it takes a special type of person to be a motivational speaker. You know, man, really is after doing the, the deep research on myself and having those tough conversations, tearful conversations, mm. and talking with other cats who was in the same predicament, same position as me, is I wasn't the only one. 
And so when I looked at these tough situations and I really dug down deeper to foundational principles and really come down to is it's leadership. Mm. Leadership is influence. Who needs more influence in their life? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So once I start to understand that and speak on the different things in my life, when I was like, man, me not sharing this could be hurting my son yeah. or my daughters. Right. There's somebody in this audience that needs to hear this message. And so, you know, me, you know, I, I speak from a, you know, from a biblical standpoint, like the foundation of what I speak on is all biblical. Now, I might not say God or Jesus, right. but it comes from that foundation. Okay. And okay. so, um, you know, talking with different people about uh, leadership, about personal development, about teamwork, I've, I've, I've lived it. I've seen the good and the bad. Yeah. And I know what type of character you need to have to have success in, in those different types of environments. No doubt, no doubt. I heard you, I, I, I remember I was watching you uh, recently in an interview where you was talking about like uh, the divorce rate and you know, as far as like NFL players, it's like 75% when it comes to um, guys leaving the league, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, you're still married, you know? Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. still married, man. So how how tough it how tough is it to maintain a lifestyle once you leave the NFL because you no longer getting those big hundred thousand whatever checks of you know you know how how you know how how do you do it like how do you maintain you know just being able to continue to cultivate that relationship between you your wife your kids and all of that how does that you know how does that work you gotta understand where you want to go. Where do I want to go? I want to stay married to this woman. What type of character do I need to take on? I can't be an asshole. I got to treat her with respect. I want my kids to be able to model how I treat my wife, my right. sons, is how they treat their wife. I want my daughters to understand that's how I want to be treated. So once I start to understand like the character that it takes, and it's painful, I mean, it's still like, I still have a tough time on, you know, um, uh, making sure I put her first, put the family right. first above me. But, you know, it's, I, mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's a journey. No it's doubt. a journey. No now, recently you wrote, a, you know, we're about to get up out of here. I want to talk about this book before we go. It's the last, my last question. You just recently wrote a book. Um, it's entitled The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement, man. What inspired you to write to write this book? And what do you look to get out of this book as far as, you know, the, the reach? Thanks, my man. Um, so with this book, it's, uh, it, it's the different things that I've gone through as, a, as an athlete, whether a student athlete or a professional athlete. Right. And, it, and so it's a leadership book, but it breaks everything down. The same things that we talked about earlier with learning football from the encyclopedia, right. you had to, I learned it from a foundational level. So I had to do the same thing when it came to leadership. When I was in that in that funk, when that lady told me I didn't know who I was and I walked to my car and cried my eyes out, that was the, the lowest time in my life. So I needed to, man, what, what, who am I? How do I lead myself out of this? And so I had to take a step back and look, okay, what gave me success on the football field? Right. It wasn't just about running a fast 40. 
the, the, the thing that gave me the most success was assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Those three things. And so I had to break it down and apply it to my life. What's my what's my assignment? What's my what's my job? What's who am I? That's I need to find out my assignment. What's what is my job on this earth? So that, and then I need to align what's most important to me. I had to ask myself questions. Is my faith, my family, my career, my hobbies? And now, if that, once I got that aligned, everything blew up. Everything took yeah, off. Like a, like a balance. Exactly. No doubt. And no then doubt. the last thing is the adjustments. What adjustments do I need to make in my character? Who I am? What adjustments do I need to make in my, the different relationships? Starting with the relationship I have with myself. So I had to ask myself all these different questions. And then I started to put it all in it. And I said, man, this is where my life is meant to do. And so okay. I started writing. I started writing. I started, I got a, I got a coach, a book coach that helped me pull these different stories and these principles out of me. And now I want to impact not just athletes, because it's going to hit them. It's going to hit them hard. Right. But it can, it, it can help anybody. Anybody. Okay, so where can we find this book? You know, like I said, uh, again, the, the book is entitled The Ultimate Playbook uh, for High Achievement. It was just recently released this uh, this past summer, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you can go to Amazon. It's on Amazon. But if you want, if you want an autographed copy, you got to just go to my website, yourultimateplaybook.com. And okay. go there and, yeah, autograph a uh, copy. I'll, I'll sign it and uh, have my people put it in the mail for you. I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna have to get that up off you, brother. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get that up off you, man. I need that autograph copy, man. So look, uh, you know, where can people find you at on, you know, as far as like social media, you know, plug your, you know, uh, your websites, you know, because you got a lot going on, brother. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. So you can look anywhere on social media. I'm Alex Molden. Uh, my website, I keep it simple, Alex Molden. So, no, no. yeah, if anybody wants to get, you know, I have a, uh, a podcast called The Shark Effect, um, where I kind of dive into what makes people high achievers. I love listening to stories and see where people have gone and how they become, you know, this 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 high achieving person. Mm. No so, yeah, that's dope, man. Well, look, Alex, man, it's been an honor, man. Like I said, man, this is one of my childhood idols, man, you know, growing up. And it's an honor to be able to chop it up with you, man, to be able to pick your brain. I know I held you a little bit longer than I than I said. I apologize. But, um, you know, this has been a this this been a great uh, conversation, man. And I really appreciate it. So, you know, any last words, man, before we get up out of here? Malik, man, thank you very much, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I love having conversation. I love being um, inspired. No doubt. And, and I love inspiring. But I love being inspired because I know. When you're inspired, the, the, the seeds of greatness is an inspiration. So I just say, man, when, when people, if they listen to this, if you're inspired to do something, whether it's hearing my story or somebody else's story, um, we all have stories. And, you know, a lot of it goes, um, um, you know, it just kind of just goes or people's stories right. are being kept. Those stories have impact and they're powerful. You overcoming things is powerful. You can have, you can give a playbook to somebody else to get out of whatever funk or situation that they're in. That's not no. positive. 
no doubt no, i appreciate that man again it's been an honor man thank you brother i look forward to seeing many great things from you man and, and hopefully we could probably do this again man you know in the, in, the, in the future let's do it my man all right take care brother enjoy the all rest right, of you the too. evening you too all right Peace. all right